When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Too crazy for boys town. Too much of a boy for crazy town. The child was an outcast. Don't put on the show. Freaking win the game. Don't put on the show. You win the game. Don't put on the show. You win the game. Don't put on the show. You freaking win the game. You don't put on the show. You win. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. You want to be a thug. You want to smoke weed and play cards all night, punk. And so that'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. Welcome back to episode 1000, as you will find out later, as our guests found out that it is episode 1000. Nonetheless, I am here. Jam is here. Free agency is here. Free agency is here. We're still getting some deals hot off the press. So we did just want to do a little little tidbit after this. Uh, Mike Schmitz, NBA draft analyst for ESPN, was kind enough to take some time, talk some draft stuff with us. I won't spoil it, but I do feel better than ever about one day becoming a successful GM. Um, and also maybe the coach of a foreign country of which I've never been to. But again, that's neither here nor there. There's a path for you that exists. And he lays out that path. So you would definitely want to after we laugh at everybody spending money, whether we like it or not, check out Mike and us. Okay. Free agency is here. What's your favorite? What, what's the best deal that's been signed so far to you? The best deal? Oh, that's not the framework I was thinking of because most of them have been like, wow, that's a lot of money. I, it made me think maybe I should play in the NBA because these I think guys you should. make a lot of money. The best deal? I like the... The Bulls just getting Lonzo. I just think that's like a solid uh, addition for them. But I, I, I guess Lowry to the Heat is like the thing that I think changes a team the most. It takes them from an also ran in the East to a slightly better also ran in the East. Like uh, they're uh, still not top green. tier. Uh, yeah, team. Uh, and also walked. Uh, yeah, I don't want to play the Heat in the playoffs. Like they're not going to beat the Nets, but it's like okay, that makes them a little bit more interesting. Yeah, they've got a. I mean, they'll, they'll fill out the bench and stuff, but if I don't know how they're going to, but if it's going to be like Lowry, Harrow, Robinson, Butler, Bam, Tucker, like that's your top six, that's pretty good. That, I feel like that gives you like a lot of like options. 
I think they'll need some more ball handling for sure. But like Lowry, Butler, Bam can do it. Harrell can do it. They got some shooting. So they're interesting. Okay. Least favorite deal. I'll go first. Doug McDermott got $40 million. <laughs> I could believe it. 42, I think. Um, yeah, we're looking at the the updated this- signings here. Okay, so we still, by the time you hear that, yeah, we haven't heard yet. There's a few big, like Kawhi hasn't decided yet. John Collins is no word. Uh, DeRozan's no word. Chris Paul got a full, that's that's a lot of years, man. That's some NBA player association president. Like, <laughs> well, get, you're going to be 40 years old and we'll pay you $30 million. That was ridiculous. And he also just like recently changed the rules. Like, listen, maybe guys over 38 can get paid. Sixty million dollars is a treat. Um, so salute him. Like that's just, I guess, the going rate for like Lowry got thirty per, Chris Paul got thirty per, Conley got about twenty five per, which is kind of like if I'm respectfully, if I'm Mike Conley, I'm looking at Kyle Lowry and like I'm two years younger. I made the All Star team last year, right? Like what? Uh, he's five million dollars a year better than me. Interesting. Interesting, but I'm trying to think. So I did like I liked Lando a lot. That's something I've wanted to happen for literally about two years. It just makes I think it makes too much sense. I like Caruso. I like them getting Caruso as well. They got him for four for thirty six. I think something around there. Um, yeah, which, which feels pretty there? low. Like for Car- I thought like Caruso. I don't know. I know defensive metrics are not like not a great thing but everyone raves about caruso he's a great role player it's like mm-hmm. duncan robinson just got five for 90 just because he can shoot like alex caruso can he's not as good a shooter but he does a lot of other things on the basketball court and he gets nowhere near that number it's like the value of shooting is insane it really is and that i think that's what you like that's, that's why thing. i was doug mcdermott number 42 <laughs> on the list of free that's exactly agents. that's exactly it like i Three for 42, if if I was the Bulls and Caruso's like, it takes three for 42 for me to leave L.A., it's like, okay. Like, it's a little high, but I think I'd pay it, like, over over giving it to, uh, I don't know, Doug McDermott. But I thought, I said Duncan Robinson, I thought he was going to get $100 million. He was close just because Joe Harris and Davis, uh, or Davis Bretons before him. But, okay, so 18, the, the following guys are getting $18 million per. Rank them how you would have them for next season. Duncan Robinson, Norm Powell, Gary Trent Jr., Tim Hardaway Jr. All four of those guys got about 18 per. For very, for between three and five years, but 18 per. Rank them. Norm Powell. Okay. Then Duncan Robinson, then Tim Hardaway, then Gary Trent. Why Trent last? Pure East Coast bias. I haven't seen a lot of Gary Trent games. Sure. Uh, that man, Toronto's never going to get a fair shake, man. Um, no, that's fair. I, I, the years that like Trent's the youngest, and he also got the shortest deal, which I think is interesting. So he'll be back on the market quickest. Duncan Robinson has the like the most elite skill of those guys. Norm Powell did. Norm Powell had a really good year last year so if you think i think he's like 27 28 he's not that old so if you think he's figuring some things out but boy 
if you're Damian Lillard, you think like it took 90. We couldn't win when this guy was making half that amount. <laughs> right. And it's not a it's not a Norm Powell thing. Get your money, King. But now we got to we got to make more with less. That's how this is going to work out. Well, well, they were also brought in Cody Zeller. So uh, that's true. But lost uh, Zach Collins. Who got? I think he got three years in San Antonio. Three years, uh, twenty-two million. They are spending fifty-four million over the next three years on Doug McDermott and Zach Collins. Well, listen, Poitel got paid last year, so they're. I think they're just keeping tradition going. Uh, it was Tiago Splitter before him, <laughs> Rosho Nesterovic before him. Uh, okay, four. I think both these guys got like four for thirty-six, nine per, but for four years. Who would you rather have in a vacuum? Alice Caruso or Daniel Tice? Oh my God. You can't. That's. Answer me. Tice. I love Tice. I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm one of the big, I'm the most irrational Tice fan that exists. I, Tice got, I think, four for 36 with the Rockets. My thing, I, I just don't think I could give like multiple years to what I, if you're not, I'm sure you're going to be like my starting center center. Maybe they think Tice is going to be there. But I, I feel like that's an even if you sign him for four years and he's starting all four, that's an even bigger issue. Right. Like he's fine, but yeah, we just hopefully like you Mason only signed it. Would you say hopefully you don't have to pay it like you don't have to rely on Daniel Tice years three and four? I would hope not. Um, but the thing like Mason Plumley signed three years last summer, traded. Derek Favor signed three years last summer, traded. Montrez Harrell, two years, traded. Serge Ibaka opted in, but he was hurt. Like it was a wash. Like if you just this multiple years on big guys, especially if it's going to be like a backup ish big guy for you, I just don't know how um, how prudent that is, right? Like I just saw. Does like Christian Jeffrey, Wood play the four? He offensively, he's a five. Defensively, he's a four. So he's I think it's going to work because Tice will do that, like defending some space. He's going to like he'll be fine. But I don't know. It's just four. It's just a lot of years. There's so many bigs on the market. Like Jeff Green just got two for ten. Big man. To be a Jeff Green's center. confusing to me because why the hell are you going to the Nuggets? Like what happened in Brooklyn where you don't want to run it back with like a chance of championship contenders? It's like I want to go with play with Jokic. I, well, I, just, I mean. To be, if he thinks over the next two years they can get healthy, then they're a championship contender in their own right. One. Two, it, it was probably – my guess would be, hey, Jeff, you can come back for sure, but it's the minimum. And Denver was like, here's $5 million. And it's like, hey, I don't know how many more of these I'm going to be signing. Like for P.J. Tucker, I would have almost swore P.J. Tucker was going to stay in Milwaukee. He took two for t- 15 in Miami. He's like 38. Like this is – this is maybe the last time for him, you know, to sign. So I get it. I did. I thought Bobby Portis would get more. I thought Otto Porter would get more. Like anytime I go abolish the draft, it's like people will always go to the same markets or for the money. And it's like, I again, that's just not true. Bobby Portis last year turned down $15 million in New York. We was starting to take four, three million and come off the bench in Milwaukee, won a championship, opted out, and signed over to do the exact same thing again. Otto Porter could at the mid level, which I think is like starts at like six or seven million, 
took the minimum from the Warriors. Like it, I feel like this is just case 1000 of they're just not going to all different things mean different things to different guys. Duh. But I feel like that's not recognized enough. It's like, no, no, they all definitely. Yeah. Bob big market Portis uh, decided to stay in the bright lights of Milwaukee and shun the, the sleepy town lights of, of the big apple. But I did like that signing. I'm, I'm still thinking about the Russell Westbrook trade, man. I just, I just can't shake that. I think they gave up too much. I just think they gave up too much. Especially if they lose Caruso, like they only have five guys on their roster. Well, that's. Right it sounds like Caruso's gone. Schroeder is. He's another guy we haven't heard about. He's probably all but gone. I can't imagine he comes back. And they, yeah, who did the Lakers, the Lakers signed everybody born in 1982 yesterday. Like it was Trevor Ariza, Dwight Howard. And some other, didn't like Wesley Matthews come back or I felt like it was another couple. Ken Bazemore, Wayne Ellington. Bazemore took less money to go to LA. Um, Who was the last one you said after that? Wayne Ellington. Ellington. Okay. I don't, yeah, he's a shooter. I don't hate that. But I just, I don't know. Like they took it was three picks, excuse me, three players and the pick. And it's like, I got to give up all that for Russell Westbrook. Like if I told you just would you rather have like they give up the four pieces for Russell Russell Westbrook or I tell you that they trade. Kuzma and Harrell for Buddy Hill and they trade KCP in 22 for Eric Blesso. Who would you rather uh, have? Uh, the latter, the two players, one one who has one of the most elite skills. Like, what's Buddy Hield make on the open market right now? He's making just as much as Duncan Robinson. He has better three point shooting numbers. Like, there, that's the most valuable. Apparently, if we're talking money here, it's the most valuable skill you can have. Ever. But uh, that's why I don't like. We heard at the time, like, oh, I can't believe they gave Buddy Hield eight minutes. Like, now hold on, now which side is it? He's shooting ten threes a game at forty percent, and. He's old, and we get that. He's old, but Duncan Robinson is not a young man. But I just feel like if they could have split those up, then you could have, like, or San Antonio. I just I don't know what San Antonio is doing. Like, I just feel like you could have got Derek White or Murray or somebody. And it's like, okay, let's go on with Bledsoe, who's a better shooter and defender than Westbrook. Not a better player, to be clear, uh, but makes half as much money. Buddy Hield, a much better shoot. Like, those two guys combined. And I just thought of Bledsoe because he recently got moved. So I I know he's available. Like Casey, if they got KCP in 22, I think uh, Memphis would jump at that. They don't want Eric Bledsoe. They wanted the 10 pick. Like, so they, they'd be thrilled with that. Or I don't know. I was trying to look at just like some other guard-ish type players, but they can also play with LeBron. And I just feel like I would rather, one, go the Bledsoe-healed uh, route and then also you'd be able to keep Caruso. I think that's the because can you check and see how much Eric Blesso makes? I have like 18 in my mind, but I don't know if that's right. He signed some big contract. Uh, yeah, he signed a couple years of the, the Rich Paul special. But I, I just feel like they could probably fit Bledso and Hield and enough to keep Caruso. Because Bledsoe I already makes Caruso. 18 this year, 19 next year. Okay. And I think Buddy Hill to like, tw- yeah, can you look up Hill? I think he's in t- low 20s. 
And I think he Westbrook is, is going to make like 45. So I don't know. I just they I just feel like they could have did if they went that route. And it don't have to be Bledsoe. I'm just picking him because I know people are going to attach to the name Bledsoe and be like, he stinks. It's that's a bad like it's not about him. It could be literally Eric Gore, literally anybody, just to give you multiple options. And like, yeah, Bledsoe, Caruso, um, Buddy Hill, LeBron, AD. Then you re-sign all those old, like you can still get all those old, you still get Dwight and Ariz, like all of them, every single one of them, Baysmore, whoever. And I just feel like that's a, like from the year, that, for the year they just had, for their two guys to get hurt and it all fall to shit, they're sure betting on a lot of old guys. So I don't know. I just would have tried to get a multiple, like Buddy Heald and... I don't know, Derek White. There was one more I'm forgetting. Rozier. Like, I feel like, Ro, depending on before the Devontae Graham situation was handled, he's going into expiring contract. He could have been had probably for just the 22 straight up. Like, you might have could have used KCP. I would have just kept KCP. How about that? Like, what? Well, a three-point shooter around LeBron James? A three-point, a three-and-D uh, guy? <laughs> like, legit. Do you? Okay, for the 22 pick, I feel like you could have got one of those guys, White or Murray or Bla- whoever. And then you also get to keep KCP and Caruso and bring back Horton Tucker. There's your youth. Sign your veteran old guys and not wait for the buyout market. Like that, I don't know. But they put all their bullets in the Westbrook 80 LeBron make $120 million. And it's going to be some incredible nights next year, but we'll see. It's been enough about Westbrook. But I was just trying to find I think I said before, like a point guard, like who? And I was like, I should find a point guard. And so I found one. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other deals. Dinwiddie to Washington. I I like it. I just they're gonna they're just gonna keep giving up a lot of points. Like Dinwiddie builds a lot of buckets and it's gonna give up a lot of points. But I did it here i guess it's not official but it might turn into a sign and trade had you seen anything about with deandre jordan i did not see it the i saw it might be a sign and trade but i didn't see deandre jordan mentioned if the nets can get off deandre's contract that's great for them the the rumor i saw is that they're trying it would be dinwiddie be going from brooklyn to washington they would the nets would throw in deandre jordan and probably probably like at least one pick for taking deandre jordan but then going back to Brooklyn would be Kyle Kuzma, oh. which is like, OK, if you're Washington, you get Dinwiddie, who you wanted. You get DeAndre Jordan, who you don't, but you get a pick with him. You can uh, I don't think you're winning much. Sorry, Bradley Bill next year. And if you're Brooklyn, you get to turn Dinwiddie and Jordan, who didn't play at all in the playoffs for you, into Kuzma, who can help you. So. I think there's something there for both teams that could shake out. I don't know how many pick. I think DeAndre Jordan's got two years left, but I don't know about like the guarantees. But I would. Would you would you take one first round pick to take two years of Jordan? If I'm the Wizards, you get the Wizards. Yeah, why not? Like you're not going That's to win. Like, I don't like, like it's very interesting to me what they're trying to do because every all the talk in like Celtics land is like, oh, the Celtics are basically punting this offseason to go after Bradley Beal in free agency next year. And so 
Mm. Basically, Washington's entire strategy has to be like we're trying to build, like convince Bradley Beal to sign his five-year extension. Right. Does Bradley Beal care about draft picks, or does like Bradley Beal really want to go into the trenches with Kyle Kuzma? Uh, because like that's like he <laughs> I mean, wants to listen, win. Next Kuzma's year. got championship pedigree. You can't take that from him. I've tried. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it's. I if you're Washington, you have to feel like that. But at the same time. Again, I don't have we seen anything at all from Bradley Beal's side that he wants out. Like any everything I think we've ever seen is like he's good in Washington. He likes it here. He'll resign. Maybe not the full five, but maybe the full five. Like Jimmy Butler just made an insane amount of money. Like why not take the years and the maximum amount of money that your uh, deal gives you? (laughs) I mean, I do wonder at a certain point, when does it become worth it to Washington? Right. Like. Bill, he's he's a great player. He's a good. He's a very good player. He's beloved. We just are not on your timeline, man. You know what I mean. And I like again. They like if they get Dinwiddie in there. They drafted Corey Kispert uh, from Gonzaga, who was tough. Like got the KCP Kuzma Harrell. And if they can do that uh, to Dinwiddie and get Jordan and just just eat some innings, man. And then maybe you can trade him his salary next year. But the thing about Washington's ownership is that, like, they don't do rebuilds. They're like, mm-hmm. we are going to be the seventh or eighth seed every single year because we're about the playoffs. They don't really, like, they're not going to tear it down. And so signing Bradley Beal to a five-year extension basically guarantees you the seventh or eighth seed every Play year. So, like, yep. so it's like that. They're never going to, like, completely tear it down just because – that ownership group is just not about that. They're just like, oh, disgust. The process, they spat it. all over it. I hate God for You know what happened the last time they did that? They got two top three picks in three years and got John Wall and Bradley Bill. It could go a lot worse. Like, what? what's the hesitance here? Because, again, you could – like, if there's no – star, if they traded Bradley Bill right now, I think they get like 130 cents on the dot. Like if they just put him up when it appears that nobody else is really, you know, Kawhi is out. So the Clippers, I don't think they can win a championship without Kawhi. I don't think Denver can win one without a healthy Murray. So if you're like, hey, fuck it. But I don't know. I don't know. Jared Allen got paid. Jared Allen got a lot of money. I don't hate it, though. Like five for 100 for it. It is a lot, but I feel like a couple years ago, I think Capella got like five for nine, and it's like, you're going to give that much to a big that can't shoot and move his feet, and it's like, well, what do you know? Clint Capella still found a way to provide some value with 15 rebounds a game and good defense. So I, I like that one. The ones I did, Also, everyone a- in Cleveland is on a rookie-scale deal, so it's like you can get away yeah. with paying him that much, and unless you you got to get rid of Kevin Love somehow. But Oh, God. <laughs> we, I mean – Murder? Is that what you're thinking? Is that what you're hearing it? Uh, like suggestion know, just to leave politely? Just I, Have you considered have you considered retirement? I really I think they're going to have to buy him out. And I it's like this. I've heard for like, like the Rockets. It's like, hey, the Tillman Fertitta is not buying 92 million and John Wall out. And it's like I think those are kind of different. Like what John Wall, he'll. I don't think he's going to stop Jalen Green's development, honestly. I think John Wall's not going to play 82 games. He's not going to play 35 minutes. Like I think there's enough for everybody. 
And also, I haven't heard about him, but uh, I don't, just openly moping in a lot <laughs> and on the court for the past two years. But Kevin, no, nah, I'm like, you got to, you got to get out of here, man. Just don't even come to camp, bro. You had your chance for the Olympics, and you blew, like, you blew that. We was gonna try to help each other, and you blew that. So just stay home. Just stay your ass home until you. If ready he to gets, leave. if he gets bought out. He's automatically going to go resign with LeBron and the Lakers, and then he's going to be right. happier, and then it's going to like rejuvenate his career. He's going to pull a total Blake Griffin, where it's like he'll start throwing out let passes again, smiling, talking about how much Cleveland sucked and then like the LA weather. And so good for him. I hope that I hope he gets bought out and gets a minimum deal with the Lakers. That's what I'm, I think that's where he, if he had one year left instead of two, I think we would have seen good like in shape Kevin Love. If he was like I'm this close to the finish line. Now he's like, man, nobody wants this contract. My hair gray as hell. I'm old. They don't like him. I don't know if they don't like him, but he wasn't very good. Uh, Jerry Colangelo <laughs> did, not like, <laughs> did not like him. No. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know what they do. But, I mean, the whole time you're paying Allen, Mobley's cheap. Again, Kevin, he's just not even on their – again, I would just hit legit stay home. Until we find something or your age, you have permission to find whatever. And if you do – by all means, bring it to us. But until then, I think we're all set here. Um, Devontae Graham went from Charlotte to New Orleans for a first-round pick. That was a signing trade? It was a signing trade. The way it was explained to me, he was a restricted free agent. So New Orleans could have just signed him. But the first-round pick was to keep one Charlotte from matching and two from it, like taking up that, like whatever, 72 hours, whatever, uh, cap hold or whatever. And my thing is, okay, what does new Orleans need this cap space for? You're not getting Kyle Lowry. Who like what? And I get that you have a hundred draft picks. This is how you to get a guy you could have signed him. I don't know. And also, also, you just let Lonzo Ball go to trade a first. That's where my bigger issue falls. You let a better play, a better, more expensive player. It's usually how that works. Go for, and they didn't get anything back, did they? Not that I saw. Uh, they got. Sure. Uh, it was a signing trade. I think they got. Oh Tom no, Lester, it was like Garrett Temple and, and, and Garrett Temple. Yeah. yeah. Congrats. Um, can you trade that for Devontae? <laughs> like I don't. What went wrong in New Orleans? What did David Griffin do to Lonzo Ball? Just be like, hey, this talented 23-year-old who can shoot 40% from three doesn't really need the ball and is very solid defensively. We don't want him. Also, like, listen, you're forgetting. He has incredible alley-oop chemistry with their franchise player. But outside of that, what do you – I mean, what can you do with a guy like that? A guy that's 23, clear, has the genes, the pedigree, whatever you want to call it, has gotten better every year. And I think he's he's never been to a team where it's like, yes, we want you. You are our guy. That's why I think he's going to thrive in Chicago. So for New Orleans to get bench players for him, and then like if you just look at that on the side of the ledge, they received Devontae Graham, Thomas Sadaransky, Garrett Temple, and I think a second rounder, and they traded Lonzo Ball and a first-round pick. I don't know. That just doesn't feel – Good on the ledger. What is their starting five next year? It's 
New Zion, Ingram, I guess Jonas Valanciunas now. Got to be Valanciunas. Devontae uh, Graham and and Josh Hart, I imagine. Josh Hart's uh he's a restricted. Yeah, I, mean, I, restricted, I heard some a while they were looking to bring him. I imagine he comes back, but it's David Griffin. You never know. Um, but I imagine that's the lineup. And to that, I say thirty and fifty-two. Um, to that, I say Zion's free agent or Zion's trade <laughs> demand has already been issued. Yeah, Zion just looking at. Man, I'm glad you asked me about Madison Square Garden, man. This team <laughs> fucking sucks around me, man. Um, I guess I like we don't know if point design is still going to be a thing, right? New coach. I think it'll probably end up being like Giannis, like point Giannis was a thing, but it's not for Gian, or Zion playing point guard now is not for Zion playing point guard at 20. It's for when he's like 25 and the game's mattering. He needs those point guard skills. So I don't know if Zion point guard Zion is going to be a thing next year. If it is, I mean, if whether it is or it's not, if Zion and Ingram are two of your five, you need defenders. Devontae Graham is not a defender. No, sir. He's, I think each, like, I don't think it's lack of effort, but he, he's just not very big. He's like, what, six foot, if that. He's a one position defender. He is a good shooter, which they will need around Zion. He is a good ball handler, which you will need without Lonzo Ball. And, He's much worse defensively. So you lost from a terrible defense. You lost Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe and replaced them with the guy that's six foot tall because you couldn't get the other six foot tall guy because he was 38 and wanted to go to Miami. And it cost you a first round pick. This is what like if you're a Pelicans fan, this this sounds like right to you. This sounds and I know they lost in the sauce. It happens because they were trying to talk me into the Stephen Adams trade last year. Lord Jesus. Um, but I just don't. I feel like at the very least, we don't know what the fuck Sam Presti going to do with his picks. But I feel like he's like, listen, I'm going to stack them till I find out. I feel like <laughs> David Griffith's like, oh, I got him. Uh, here you go. I want I want the five foot two guard that shot 36 <laughs> percent from the field last year. Bring we want him. So, we want the guy sh- the Charlotte Hornets didn't really want. <laughs> Let's pay the yeah, Charlotte Hornets to get to, for a deal they were not going to match because they didn't really want Devontae Graham. Yeah, we want to get that as soon as a 19-year-old fell in the draft, uh, Devontae Graham could have packed his bags. And, again, that's the – like, good for – I think he got, like, 45 – like, he salute to him. This is not about him. This is about – again, we just see. This is a we'll, – we'll, we'll lead into to Mike with this because we do talk some some superstar talent there. Nobody's figured out how to build around these like young guys yet, but I feel like how is Giannis not the closest, right? He won a team or won a championship with the team he was drafted by, I think, what, eight years? By the time he's 26, so seven or eight years in. AD was gone by then. Chris Paul was gone by then. Braun was gone by then. And David Griffin worked with LeBron James. He's like, I know how to get this generational talent to stay. I'm going to completely shake up things. This will be his third coach in three years. He likes that. And the coach that we didn't keep was Monty fucking Williams. Um, (laughs) So you could say things are going well in New Orleans. Zion's going to take the qualifying offer. He's going to be the first guy on the rookie deal to take the qualifying offer. um, I want Luka to. And with the like Trey signed immediately, Luca didn't. I was like, ah, ha, ha. 
<laughs> pretty interesting. But I want Zion to take the qualifying offer so bad. And again, don't don't you can't pull any type of market or coast bias with this stuff. Just look at what they are giving him. Look at what they're giving him. And I don't I just don't see them making that kind of leap next year in the West. And if I'm wrong, I'll be glad to say I'm wrong. Like a good team around Zion. I think it'd be good. I'll say it. Okay. I think it'd be if he's going to be on TV 20 times a year. Um, I'd prefer to like what I'm watching. And I liked watching Lonzo design alley-oops. I like that quite a bit. I don't know how I'm going to feel about the Tomas Sadoransky to Jackson Hayes connection. But that's neither here nor there. What is here is our good friend Mike Schmitz to talk some draft with us. We talk a little free agency afterward, but mostly draft talk. And I think the last couple of minutes is just Jam and I convincing ourselves we could take any team uh, to championship glory, Sounds which I think right. I think is indisputable. So next voices you will hear will be well, me and Jam, of course, but also <laughs> Mike Schmitz. Give him a follow on the Twitter if you don't check out his work already. Enjoy the interview. Or don't. It's your choice. No, you will. You have to. I think you will. I I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Mike worked blue. I enjoy when I like when a guest works blue. It was um, shocking to hear him go from ESPN like was, one night and then, then it's like fucking. It was like, what? How dare yeah. you? <laughs> Listen, the first F, it, 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 it caught me a little off guard. I was like, oh, does he know he record? Like, hey, I don't want Mike, the, the red light means we're on. Um, but no, ever the professional, uh, Mike Schmidt. As I mentioned earlier, it is our 1,000th episode, and we have a very special guest here. Before I even say who it is, Mike, did you know it was the 1,000th episode? I had, I had no idea, man. Of the 1,000, what's your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this one. Okay, good answer. Good answer. No, we've got Mike Schmitz, NBA draft analyst for ESPN. He is also the assistant coach for the Ugandan team. Yep, yep. That, that's that's through your mother's side, or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. just sure I can. Yeah. <laughs> first things first. Thank you for joining us, man. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Second, I need to know how this Ugandan assistant coach uh, position came available. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. So I worked for the Bakersfield Jam of the G League, mm. now defunct Bakersfield Jam, uh, back in 2012-13. My roommate uh, is now one of my best friends. His name is George Galanopoulos. And long story short, he's a Texas Legends head coach, the G League, uh, the Mavericks G League team. Gotcha. And he had the opportunity to become the, the head Uganda coach. And, and this is oh, like... Wow. Four years ago and uh you know we worked together on the team side and i came to him and i was like hey man like i, I still kind of got the the coaching itch a little bit i want to be mm. able to you know like let me know how i can get involved and uh yes i, I want to say like three he said yeah let, let's do it and, and so i want to say three years ago um the first tournament was in lagos nigeria mm-hmm. that, that i went to and we got smacked man we, we- <laughs> <laughs> nowhere to go but up uh, huh? nowhere to go but up no well so his his first nine games he went oh and nine and um 
So, you know, like it, it was a slow burn, but, yeah. but, but right now we've won five of our last six, one of the hottest teams in Africa, uh, qualified for Afro basket. So I'm, I'm going to Rwanda, uh, late, late August through early September, um, mm. top 16 teams in Africa. So, uh, yeah, man, we're riding high. Nice. So how, I mean, aside, from, you told us how you got to the Ugandan assistant coach part. If somebody's trying to be Mike Smith or get into scouting, if somebody's trying to, to be you, how would they go about that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I would say that I had timing on my side a little bit too, because like <clears throat> the internet wasn't really as sophisticated, you know, right. when, I, when I was coming up. So like, you know, I was making these, these breakdown videos, with you know like shitty graphics and like bad music that was getting flagged and like you know i i remember one of the first ones i did um i i had sent to jonathan gavoni and he was like he's like hey one, one gm told me it this sounds like he's at like his daughter's middle school dance. why did you why is like jump around the the, the, the audio you know so um it's like okay, okay, but was the scouting correct? You're focusing on the wrong things. Was my scouting correct? Exactly. So actually, the first, the first one I did for him was Perry Jones. Remember Perry yeah, Jones? Yeah, from Baylor. And you know, Perry Jones on paper was like fucking Kevin like, Durant, like unbelievable. You know, it's big, long, does a little bit of everything. So I was like enamored with Perry Jones. I'm like, hey mm -hmm. man, this is the guy. Like he can handle, he can pass, he can shoot. And I sent him over all this stuff, and he was like, "Hey, buddy, <laughs> just so you know, like, Perry Jones is not that good." It's, that was that was kind of a learning experience for me. But you know, the backstory, um, long story short, is you know I'm from Arizona, Scottsdale to be mm -hmm. specific. Um, you know, grew up playing uh, since I was you know three. Uh, played four years in high school. I, I was a very late bloomer, man. I was like. I was like a buck thirty until I was seven. Now I'm like six two, normal sized human being. How do, but why, I don't, why does everybody get the? I didn't get the crazy growth spurt. Like I feel like Giannis got it, his brothers got it, Mike Smith got it. What the hell? Yeah, no, I had a, I have a lot of Giannis in my game, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I've seen you play. I, I I can attest to that. Uh, but but uh, no, so um, whatever. I grow late, not able to play. You know, like probably should have gone to prep school or or mm. like a small D two or something like that. Go to Arizona, and I'm like, man. I want to stay involved, but I didn't come from like coaching background. My parents, right. have, you know, they're not best. They're not in basketball. Like my family's not in basketball. So I don't know. You go be a manager or a GA or do that class mm -hmm. route. So I was like, man, what, what do I do? So I just started making videos. I started, you know, reaching out to different blogs, websites, um, taught myself how to use iMovie. I was like ripping mm -hmm. film from all these torrent sites um, you know, back, back at Arizona. So you got it at the mud. You was really uh, in yeah. the trenches. Yeah. I, I guess you could call it that. Uh, but um, and, and so I reached out to a guy named Michael Schwartz, um, not to be confused. And he was running the website valuethesuns.com. And so it was a, you remember the True Hoop Network? It was mm -hmm. Henry band. Abbott and yeah. So I was basically writing articles, making videos for for him. Um, and he gave me platform, amazing opportunity. That led to me covering some Arizona sports. Um, you know, in the summers I would still work basketball camps hmm. and then uh, I was a marketing major. Like I don't have a, you know, I don't have any background. You didn't major in basketball is what I'm getting from that. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and and then my first year out of college, um, I worked in the G league and I was hmm. more on the team on the floor, 
doing that side of things. Um, and then, and then once that was finished, I had the opportunity to kind of keep going, moving up on the, on the coaching side. Um, but Jonathan Gavoni was like, Hey man, move wherever you want, start going to events, hoop summit, EYBL, all this stuff and, and like actually scouting. And so I chose that route and then just kind of kept building, kept building, kept building. And, uh, here we are. So I would say the timing of like the internet not being that sophisticated allowed me to right. kind of step in and put out a product that, you know, hadn't really been seen, um, you know, too often. Hmm. So I get, was there like a, I don't like scouting one-on-one, like what's something that you look at and is like an instant turnoff for you as a prospect? Um, yeah, good question. I mean, guys who are just like really mopey, you know, mm. I, I hate that. Or like the excuse guys. That's a tough right. one to do. Like, it was always somebody else's fault. Yes. Or like right. I remember like so many pre-draft workouts I've been to and it's like clank, 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 looking at the hands, blowing on the hands, though, like <laughs> right. at yelling at teammates like, you know, that I, I hate that. Um, yeah. Guys, you got to like, like just really pull them out of their seat to do anything, you know, like just the energy, energy takers, you know, like that's mm. that's one for me. Um, then like, you know, if you got like a negative five wingspan, I, I don't love that. It, yeah, it doesn't uh, help. Uh, negative wingspans, the worst thing you can talk, say in a prospect in my mind, as soon as I hear of negative wingspans, they out on them completely. Yeah, you're done. Unless you're like my man, uh, TJ McConnell. What Kevin Herter, he's got the even. Is it? He's a box. Okay. Well, <laughs> Her- Her's a friend of the show. We'll, we'll, we'll take that. I didn't know. Is McC- he's already short. How does McConnell have like a negative wingspan? I don't know, man. But he like leads the league in steals. So no, he, he interesting. Okay, yeah. so Aylen Suggs, I think he's he's close to even too. Is he? Yeah. How did he go top five? What are the Magic doing? I don't know. I <laughs> what, mean, they gotta let's see if we can redo that one. What? Uh, so who who are some of the picks you like? like we're, we're fresh off the draft. Who? Yep. Or I guess a prospect that you like. You're like, oh, that's a good place for them. Yeah, um, that's a good question. I mean, I think Scotty Barnes to Orlando. You know, like mm. that feels like a perfect fit. We like, went to Toronto, didn't he? Yeah, I sorry. Yeah, Scotty Barnes. Uh, my brain is uh, listen faster. Understand. Um, he was mocked to Orlando the entire time. He was projected yeah. to go there. So yeah. Yeah, Scotty Barnes to Toronto. Um, just because like Masai and 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 those guys have done really well with like length versatility. You know, you saw the success Siakam had. You know, OG Ananobi. Like, you know, they they play with toughness. Like that's what what Scotty Barnes is all about. Um, I think that's a great fit. I think. Kai going deeper down, like Kai mm. Jones to um to Charlotte. Mm. You know, like he's unbelievable. Guy, yeah. You get him with Lamelo, James Booknight with Lamelo. Mm. I think they had one of the best, one of the best drafts, honestly. Um, who, who's who's did you not like? Who's were you like? I don't know about that fit. I just I didn't understand what Memphis Memphis was doing. Like yeah, um, because and, and they moved up to ten. And uh, and went to take Zaire Williams when like, I, you could have had him maybe at seventeen. And right. Yeah. Did you need to jump seven spots and, and take, take on, on all on that? Giant yeah. yeah. And, and, and and my thing there there is like, all right, here's what happens every year. And, and listen, Zaire Williams, talented kid. Like this is not mm. to kill Zaire Williams. Um, we had him in the top ten to start the year. But the further you get from the games the more you look at like the one-on-oh workouts, you know what I mean? Like who looks good one-on-oh and one-on-oh he he's top five, like right. he's unbelievable. But then you forget, like he just really struggled at, at Stanford had a bad year. Um, and, and just to me, like 
the Memphis is like grit and grime, man. Like that's what right. they're about. Like they get tough dudes. Like, you know, Desmond Bain, tough dude, Xavier Tillman, tough dude, John Morant, like that, that's Dylan Brooks. Like, mm, that's, so, yeah, that's their build. That's their build. So I just, I didn't understand. Like to me, Zaire Williams doesn't really fit that, but um, you know, that that's why uh, those guys are running that team and I'm here talking to you guys, but uh, then, <laughs> then, then they traded up too to, to 30 and took Santi Aldama, who's really talented, but mm. you probably could have got him at 50 on a two way, right. you know? And, and so uh, I was like perplexed as, as to what they were doing. Um, but I thought there were a lot of winners, man. I thought it was a good, a, a good, uh, a lot of teams did well. It's a thing. Like I question it. I do think like some of the guys you named, like they do identify talent draft develop well. So I'm willing to give like a little benefit of the doubt, but that was the one I heard. Uh, Primo going that high to the yeah. Spur- he went like twelve. You had him in like the twenties. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised. The the thing was at least with Primo, like there's still a lot of talent there. I think like mm-hmm. like we, we only saw a glimpse of what he can do just because he played that role at Alabama, coming off the bench, just making shots. Like I've seen him play with the ball in his hands and like but right. so, they be like almost a point guard. So I'm a little more like okay, like I can let's see wait that. and see. Okay. Yeah, I can see that one, but but yeah, the other ones were a little tricky. Um yeah, so I don't know, man. It was uh it was a weird night. Just like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of strange a lot of moving parts. Yeah, a lot of you know I, I like what the Hawks did. That's what I like. Okay, Hawk, I thought they had a great, especially value wise. Yeah, like Sharif Cooper's a lottery talent, like big time talent, and then Jalen Johnson's like a top ten talent. So I, he, I used to see him like five or six in my. I don't know what hat was it. Just like how, how much do you think like him leaving Duke early, like played in him slip? Like do guys really? Do, do teams really look at that? Uh, yeah, I think the, the, the thing with him was like the games that he did play, if it Mm. was like super even and he like had a, you know, pretty good year and all that, then okay, that makes sense. But you know, one game is 25, 16 and five. And then the next Mm. it's like two, three and four. And then, you know, a couple games in a row of that. Um, and then he moved around a little bit in high school. So I think it was like, Mm. that was kind of in line with some of the other indicators as maybe like okay how consistent is this guy um but talent wise man like i I said it he reminds me of a young boris dia a little bit um like there were stories of boris like hopping off the plane and slides and like jumping (laughs) you know Um, like busting people's ass and like pickup right like just going in and just wrecking shit uh and just going to eat like a big baguette exactly (laughs) i would hear stories like inviting media members over for parties at his house and stuff like that like he was just he was an amazing dude um from all i heard but everyone just remembers like the wide body wide body yeah but that... uh, jalen reminds me a little bit of young boris okay no that's a we knew, like I, I like the uh like the more rare comps yeah i need you, you gotta you gotta break out like the more one the rare comps. Two, you gotta cross like the racial lines. I feel like people yeah. talk about that forever, but nobody ever. Does. It's like, no, we definitely need to do this. Having said that, Evan Mobley is Anthony Davis, Chris Bosh. Like, <laughs> oh, all right, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 can see, I can see the frustration there, but he he has those type of moments, man. Like he's okay. Pac-12 Player of the Year, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, dragged that team. You know, which was like good. They were fine, yeah fine you know well coached whatever but they didn't have any business going as right. deep as they did you know um 
so yeah, he, I mean, I don't know. I, I saw some of those guys. I didn't see Bosch at that age, but a little bit of AD mm. and AD was, I mean, remember what he did in the national championship game? What he, I, I, oh, he, yeah. Over. Listen, I'm a Kentucky fan. I remember I watched that game twice a week. So but he's he, he's not as special defensively, like as a shot blocker. Mm. Um, but there are some similarities, good and bad. Like, you know, AD's kind of quiet. Sometimes you want more from him, right? right? Um, so you know, if he ends up somewhere between Bosch and AD, then yeah, I mean he's looks like a Hall of Famer, right? I was like, yeah, you I feel like you would take that <laughs> at, at three. You, uh, you mentioned like the one on none workouts early. I've always like what I guess what does a team really get out of that, right? Like if a guy's taking a hundred corner threes with like nobody on the court, like a hundred perfect passes to him, a hundred like just perfect situation. What do you learn from that? What do you get from that? Yeah. So the biggest thing, all right, there there's two different styles to this. There's like the agent pro day where you just go and watch them. And that's like, they, they don't control that. Right. So mm-hmm. I think when you do that, you're just looking at the body, how like how the ball comes out of their hands, how they, mm-hmm. you know, like if it's a rigorous workout, do they fight through it, whatever. But I think where they actually get more value is like when they get them in their building, because then it's like your coaching staff is putting them through the workout. You can see, right. you can tailor it to see like, even if it is one on O, right. To like put them in different situations where they have to think they have to be uncomfortable. Um, what does the coach think of them? You know? Mm-hmm. And then usually all these teams, like they'll go to dinner with these prospects too. So then, you know, you get to see what they're like uh, on like a human level, but right. Yeah, I I think like the the film and the body of work is always more telling than you know the the workout stuff. Yeah, it just feels like we see that time and time again. Like I mean, if you want to get you know wingspan and all that, see how a guy runs or check an injury, something like that. Yeah, but it feels like oh yeah, now the guy that was fifteenth had a great workout. Nobody was there. He didn't miss a shot. He yeah. might go top five. Yeah, and it's it, it it can really fuck with your head. That's yeah. The- like you almost don't want to like especially the agent pro day stuff like you almost just don't want to go because i'm the one that got us a little bit was mo bamba um Mm. but how how could it not though like you not you watch that dude shooting an empty gym fucking arms that go forever like seven ten wings like (laughs) yeah and then just whap 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 like really shoots it um so yeah man it's tricky like you the brain the brain is a weird a weird thing so you sometimes you want to shelter it from things that could take throw it for a loop, you know what i mean definitely i i've long said if i'm a g i was like i just don't think i would like bring him in meet him and all that but i was like i don't need to see you shoot a hundred perfect situation jumpers like we're i saw steven adams do that this summer he's not gonna like I, this tells me nothing every year it's like uh mitchell robinson in his back <laughs> In this workout, he's gonna Andre be- Drummond. Yeah, Andre yeah. Drummond adding the three ball. Look out, Lee. But he's crossing up cones. I'm like, all right, Bismack Biombo. Like, are we doing this again? Another summer of this? Well, didn't Yi Jin Lan just like def- absolutely destroy a chair in a workout? Like, Yi Jin Lan was the best versus chair in the history of basketball workouts. Complete stud. And, yeah, no, there are, there are guys who are empty gym guys, and then there are guys who are five on five guys. You know, I remember the one honestly that sticks with me forever is Luca. Like, so little story for you. He goes, he goes to this. I want to say it was a Nike workout, right? And mm. this is pre-draft before. I think before he was picked. And some of the names I want to say it was like De'Aaron Fox, maybe Tatum, maybe Fultz. Um, mm. You know, like high-level guys. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember who. Maybe like five or six guys, right? And some of the people that were there, uh, like either involved in the workout or just watching. 
I was hanging out with them, like leading up to the draft. And they were like, man, like, I don't know about your boy, Luca, man. Like he, like he, he looks slow. He looks like, I don't know, like how this is going to work in the NBA. Like I really mm. don't. And like, he just, like, he was getting his, he was getting his ass busted. And like that, I heard that. And then to see what he's doing and, and that like sealed the deal for me. Like, right that shit doesn't matter, man. Like right. it, it's a five on five game. Some dudes are just basketball geniuses and like they figure it out. And then there's like Instagram fucking studs. And then there's like actual, you know, guys who are really good in, in games. You don't like the, uh, is this a travel thing or the guy like hops like 10 feet on one foot, like <laughs> takes it behind his back. And then later it's like, oh, I think, I think Harden's working on this one. Is that a travel? What do y'all think? Yeah, there's, there's always something new, man. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's a weird, I went off on another podcast about this, just like the whole space, like I was at the EYBL, I was at the Peach Jam, mm-hmm. and it's, it's become, it's become like two worlds, man. It's like, it's like, there's, there's like the, and I, I hate to sound like the old man who's get off my lawn, like. <laughs> Yell at the cloud, because, yeah. Yeah, because the reality is like, okay, LaMelo Ball was a social media star and he's a stud. Zion, mm-hmm. so like had all this following, he's a stud, like it's definitely changing, but mm-hmm. There, like, there are guys who have tens of millions of followers who, like, young kids think are the best players in, in the world who aren't going to mm. play in the NBA, and mm. like, that's going to be a harsh reality. Like, I'm at I'm at Peach Jam watching guys who are going to be top five, ten picks, and there's no one in the gym, and mm. like, like Drew Holiday is not cool, you know, like he doesn't look good <laughs> in mixtape, right? Like, right. like a lot of these dudes don't look good in mixtape. Kawhi doesn't look good in a mixtape, right. but they're the best fucking players in the world, and so. I'm always trying to get across to like young prospects. Like your rankings don't matter, man. Like rank, look at the guys. All, yeah. The rankings don't matter. Your Instagram clout doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it's good. You want to be able to have multiple revenue streams and, and explore all that. NIL, I love it. Go make money. Like, do it. Make all the money you can, please. You know, before the mm. system uses and abuses you. But <laughs> right. um, the, the reality is, like, just the guys who are having success in the NBA, winning championships. Mm aren't that you know they're low they don't have they're not social media stuff that's not their main thing right exactly yeah now i, I watched some of peach jam what that because that was uh imani bates versus Bronny yeah. james right what i feel like i've seen like imani bates i guess his stock is slipping a little bit but was it like it was so high it had nowhere to go but down or is it i mean just yeah. natural what's I mean, that I, I feel you know there, there are times i feel a little at fault with stuff like that too because like mm-hmm. You see a guy at a young age, like I saw him when he was maybe 14, mm-hmm. and um, you're just like, holy shit, yeah. you know? Like, the way he shoots the ball, the way he creates space, gets to his spots. Like, he had this confidence about him, this, like, kind of fuck you mentality that I really mm-hmm. And uh And then you fast forward in three years, and, like, his body just looks the exact same. And it's like mm-hmm. – it, it, and, and there's there's just like some habits that I think he really needs to like clean up in terms of like, you know, caring defensively, not just going into like ISO heavy bag ball, like right away, you know? Um, And I think that's going to hopefully come if he starts playing with other good players more consistently and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard when, you know, people might like, like myself and others come out and say, you're the next yada, yada. Like when you're Mm -hmm. 14, 15 years old, like you almost don't want to be that guy. You know, right. like you want to be the guy who came from you want to be the Giannis. You want to be the guy who came out of nowhere. Yeah. No expectations. No expectations. Because and it's like this is a deeper conversation. But what habits do you develop like nature versus nurture? Like, do you develop mm. brain 
when you're told all those things at a young age, like then you develop certain habits that you wouldn't, if you were like the hunter, you know, like if you're you're climbing and you're climbing, then you got that. Like, that's what, that's why Giannis is the way he is. Yeah. You don't lose that. Like he's, he's going to be that till he dies. Till he dies. And, And the most interesting, like almost social experiment with that is like, he grew up a certain way. Thanasis grew up a certain way, his brother. And then mm-hmm. he's got the two younger brothers who are talented, but they don't quite play with that same, like, right. fuck you. Because, right. because, you know, they didn't exactly grow up the same exact way, right? Like, right. younger brothers to a celebrity, you know? And so... Yeah, Giannis is like, I'm not going back, like, I ever. And Thanasis is like, we're not going back, <laughs> ever. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting. And, and, and I just... I'm seeing this unfold in this in the youth basketball space of like a world where there's like social media players mm. who like all the fans pack the gym and go watch them and like it's almost like globe trotters, you know what I mean? Mm. And, and, and you're like like everyone knows them and maybe you know, we get to the point where like we know that they're not going to be the next NBA stars, but that's okay. And then there's the <laughs> NBA stars over there. Who like their game's not sexy, but they're tough and competitive and smart. And so I don't know, man. It's 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 a weird space to be in right now. That feels like the toughest thing is like how do you identify the players who have that hunger and also have like I guess the ability to learn and get better and add things to their game, especially you're evaluating these teenagers. I like is there something you identify? Is it just like every time I see this kid in the gym, he's always busting his ass, so I can kind of project that forward? It's just or is yeah. it like they're adding to their game? It's just that feels like the toughest part. It's like, how do you evaluate someone's like psychology or like their approach to the game? Yeah, I always say, like, I look for the guys who have the baseline toughness, baseline toughness and feel. Like, unless you're about like the true stars, right? The true, right. Stars. you know, obviously like LeBron, but like even like Luca, you know, like that, it, it's all a sliding scale, right? So if you're, if you're super talented, then like, okay, you can have some questions about, you know, your character, your approach, whatever. If you're like a no talent guy, you better be off spotless. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it, it's like a sliding scale, but I always look for the guys who have like Jimmy Butler, right? Like, mm. you know, that Jimmy Butler is going to have time to improve all of the other things because the coach is going to put him in the game because he's a tough motherfucker, you know? Yeah. And like, if you have that baseline toughness and that baseline feel, then you can build out from there. Um, and the guy that comes to mind for that is, is a kid named Casey Wallace plays for pro skills and not sexy at all. Like mm. not going to look great on a IG, you know, but like tough as fuck guards, everybody long as shit. What so, position? Like what? Uh... He's like a combo. Um, okay. He's now just starting to gain like even more notoriety, like, mm. you know, maybe ends up top 10 in this class, but that shows you how it's all changed uh, and, and, and how we're getting more sophisticated and looking at this is like now that kid's getting top 10 buzz because, right. you know, guys like that are having success. So I, I'm drawn to like those type of guys to where you can just see like they never change face. They'll pick you up 94 feet and they'll right. talk a little bit of shit, you know, like I right. like that. I like that toughness um, and, and guys who know how to play. Definitely. What the, won't give you too much longer. We would definitely appreciate you taking some time. What, what would you say is like the, I guess the hardest skill to develop? Like the one you've seen is like, if this guy could do this, but it's just like the. They never do that. Yeah. They never <laughs> do that. Shoot. Yeah. Like, what is it in your opinion? Yeah. I, I think feel is a big part of it, mm. you know? Um, 
developing feel and, and, and understanding of, of the game is probably like making reads. Like, I, I guess like Donovan Mitchell is maybe one of the only guys that I've seen who went from like this wild erratic dude in high right. school, kind of like a, you know, dunker score streaky, like rah, rah guy to now like calm, poised, can right. play. Very under control. Yeah. It's like very rare to, to see that type of stuff. And then the other one is like the, ability to calm down in big moments right like that's mm. the one that catches my eye. that's why i love Cade. like you look at Cade. yeah he just don't get flustered yeah doesn't at all and, and and that's the hardest to me that's the hardest thing to teach like that's what i liked about luca is like before a game he'll just be laying on on the ground like on, on you know what i mean like just taking it easy yeah. he's a roll out of bed give you triple double kind of guy and they and they, i love they, it like there are those high anxiety guys who are like KG, like, like biting through the rim yeah, before the game. Yeah. Right. And they're never going to have that inner calm, like, unless right. they really get on their, like, yoga retreat shit and, like, and, and their <laughs> right. mindfulness. Heavily like, medicated. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. So that's, that's the thing as I've, as I've done this more and more that I've been more drawn to is like, like, Dame is that way. Like, look at mm. Dame in crunch time, you know? Like, he's locked in. Um, right. So I'm drawn to that now for sure. And that's hard to develop. Mm. Like internationally, I, I felt like we see the USA Olympics. They won today, yesterday, whatever. Um, but there has been like some struggle adjusting to that style of play. And I think on the flip side, I feel like we've seen some of the foreign players adjust quicker to the NBA. Like, you think there's something like to that about the NBA? I remember Luca said it, and people said like he was crazy. Like he said it's easy to score or something along those lines. But do you think there's something like to that from what you've seen? Yeah, I mean, from his standpoint, I think he he was talking about like like the Euro League, right? Mm. There's no defensive three seconds. Um, uh, th there's so like you know you remember Eddie Tavares, big dude. Yep, long, yep. Um, like seven three, you know seven ten wingspan, whatever. Mm. Like he can just post up in the paint and block everything. It's all day, yeah, all day. So it's hard, and every game is like life or death. You know, right. it's like it's so important in the detail that goes into game planning and everything that like you, and you can be a little more physical. Um, mm. So I think when he got like when he got to the league, it was like, wait a minute, no one can touch me. <laughs> right. and, like, and, seriously? And yeah. Yeah. And these guys are playing small and there's no one at the rim and like, holy shit, you know, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's probably what he's speaking to there. And then in terms of like the FIBA stuff, I mean, I think some of it is like just not having enough time to prepare honestly like from you know my experience with uganda like i mean there are times when we get over there and we have four days three days with our whole group you got to right. go win three games in three days like that shit is hard man yeah like, that's really hard and especially from their perspective when you have guys coming from all over who all like have their own ego and their own you know like that their own success um whereas like evan fournier and rudy gobert or mm -hmm whoever it is, they've been playing together since they were 18. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a big part of it too. Speaking of the French team, uh, this is the last question I have. I have to know is when Wimbanyama, yeah. is he the re he's the real deal, right? I've seen very little. He's looking like the real deal. He's the realest of real deals I've, I've ever seen, man. He's really, yes, he's, he's, he's the best prospect I've ever seen. Over Luca. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. Just, Why, oh, what is, uh, yeah, what, what is it? Why? All right. I mean, 
everything, man. Everything. So I'm not like a, hey, he's tall. Like I'm super intrigued kind of guy. Yeah. I'm, honestly, I'm almost like a six eleven and under guy. Like I, mm. I, I prefer you to be like mobile and agile and. The, you know, like it's where the league is going. So yeah. Going. I mean, it's hard to stay healthy, right? But. So I was sneaking around gyms watching this kid when he was 13 because, like, hmm. some of the people I really trust in France were like, hey, like, we've never seen anything like this. And so I got to know him and, and his, you know, his family. No, Like, uh, aside from the talent, hmm. mom played for the national team. Dad was an athlete. Like, they've done an amazing job of, like, keeping him uh, – like, if he was in the States and he was on Slam Magazine when he was 14, like right. – ruined probably you know right. but they did a really good job of like incubating him and like making sure like hey these are the things you need to focus on you got to right. go to school every day before your games you got to do like prehab stretching like during games he'll be behind the bench like staying loose like he's got mm. this routine he's fucking locked in so it's like a like machine yeah machine. and then on top of that like nine foot wingspan mm. handle pass shoot block shots, motor, plays hard. Like, I mean, he made Chet Holmgren, who's the projected number one pick, look like, like at times, like a little boy. Yeah, I, that was the first, like, full game I'd watched of him. And I knew I was familiar with Holmgren. I was like, wait, that guy's really good. And he's just getting, like, I didn't think Holmgren played bad. It's just like he's just in a different, different level tier than these guys. Yeah. So he's going to be, like, he's going to be the best shot blocker in the NBA. And he's going to be one of the best, like, and one of the most skilled bigs in the NBA. And so I just, I've never seen that combination of things. And then when you put in like the confidence, he's an amazing kid. You sit down with him. I like, I, I'm blown away, man. So I think we're going to continue to see more guys like that. I think yeah. the way I describe it is as, as basketball in Africa continues to have more and more infrastructure, right. Mm. And, and the NBA puts money into it and we get better coaching and, and, and all that, like, right. And you can really develop like on the ground floor there. There's going to be a day when there's a Giannis with a Lucas skill set. Just imagine that. Yeah. Like that's going to be a thing. And I don't know how long it's going to take, but that's going to be a thing. And and Victor is like the closest iteration of that um, that that I've seen. Do you think he ends up at? I mean, he's really thin now, but he's like what seventeen, eighteen. Like, is that that doesn't feel like a long term? He'll put on weight. Yeah. That's, right, so that yeah. Thing I worry about least too like mm. I mean you remember you know what Giannis looked like I know he grew obviously and, and like I just said Amani Bates his body didn't fill out so everyone's different but mm. man with NBA strength and conditioning with with right. the way guys fill out like I, I I'm cool with with skinny as long as like you're willing to work um right. this definitely is and like to me it's a lot harder to teach like when I look young I'm looking mm. like young in the face long arms big feet tough skilled you know like i don't want that football body who's just like running through dudes. just burly yeah yeah so when everyone hits me and they're like oh he's never gonna last in the nba he's fucking 17 yeah I... you know what i mean like he'll he'll be fine so he'll probably play some four i think um mm. to start you know and then you know as he continues to fill out play some five but yeah he's he's a real deal man he's the best prospect ever prospect like not player but best right prospect. and he is not 2022, so 2023 draft. Yeah, 2023 draft. So yeah, we'll be talking a lot about him, man. Okay, I, I, I'm looking forward. To, okay, so who is? I'm guessing Luca is the second best prospect you ever got. Yep. Yeah. Who's third? Probably Zion. 
honestly. Mm. Uh, like yeah, that, he's good. He's oh good. God, man. Him at Duke, the way he like just dominated games and like played his ass off too. That's the thing I, I maybe hasn't translated to the NBA game yet. Mm. Is like he was defending, he was guarding all five positions. Like man, he was blocking shots, poking yeah. the ball. Yeah. So I'm, I, I just I hope he gets in a situation where he plays meaningful games because I think we'll see a little bit more of that. Definitely. Definitely. Jam, you want to ask about your Celtics or? Uh... I mean, I was going to say, given your uh, knowledge of the French scouting, uh, what, what can I expect from 18 year old Yuhan Begarin or Begaron? Juan Begaron. That's, uh, That's a great name. Yeah, it's a good name. Um, he's like a physical flyer, is how I would describe him, right? Like he's got the NBA tools. Um, he just needs to refine the skill set. You know what I mean? Like you could put him in a game tomorrow and let him run around for five minutes. And I think he'd get like a steal on a block and like a transition dunk, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, the shooting piece can being consistent there. The decision-making needs to like ramp up the motor a little bit, but I think you could have a rotation player in a couple of years. Um, I, he reminds me a little bit of like Josh Akogi, you know, Josh Akogi, uh-huh. um, you know, like that kind of body athleticism uh, energy, so, yeah, I don't think it's like a home run, but he's one of the youngest guys in the draft um, to get him at that spot. You know, I, if he was in college and was in the draft next year, you know, he might get some first round looks. So you might have got one, got one a year early. Sure, I'll take it. I already I've graded the draft grade A plus. So I think I would uh, say there you go. Yeah, <laughs> you Mike said Josh Okogie. Jam heard uh, Michael Jordan with the jumper. <laughs> Uh, younger, <laughs> taller, uh, and I think the French second league is the exact place to kind of develop your skills fully. I think that's uh, that's the kind of place you want your prospect to be. It does seem like they develop like a startling number. It's like, oh, I didn't know that guy was on the French. Oh, he's on the French. Like they, yeah, uh, just appear to have a good program. No, they do. They they have a lot of talent, man. And French pro B, France pro B. That's the second the second league. Like Fournier played there. Um, who else? Timothy Lawawu played there. Mm-hmm. Been a lot of guys to come through there. So. Well, we're not rooting for them. We're rooting for Uganda. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> that's that's what we're talking about. We have Afro Basket coming up August uh, 24th, I believe, is, is, is our first game. Okay. No, somewhere between August 24th and 26th. Um, our group, they're calling us the group of death. We got okay. Senegal. I yeah, like that. Yeah, we got Senegal, Cameroon, and South Sudan. So... Um, but we're, we're coming, man. We're uh, Like I said, we may not have beat... Uh, team USA like Nigeria, but mm. to me, we're one of the hottest teams in Africa, um, and, and we're going to keep rising. I'm actually going to I'm going to Cairo, Egypt for the U16 Afro Basket to do some scouting. So, is there a good getting- basketball scene in Cairo? Oh yeah, man. The, hey, the Egyptian the Egyptian national team is is one of the best in Africa. Oh, so I guess what I'm hearing is in what. Eight to twelve years, the USA uh, USA is just not going to medal anymore in the Olympics. <laughs> Sounds like we're just cooked. Is what I'm hearing. Yeah. So, <laughs> Mike Schmidt, uh, NBA draft analyst for ESPN, big fan of you and Jonathan Javoni's work. Thank you so much for taking some time with us, man. Yeah, no worries. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Safe travels out there. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank you, man. That was great. Welcome back anytime. Uh, Good luck later on with the uh, the big news. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm about to go do that now. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> fingers crossed. I got my fingers crossed for you. All right, fellas. Thank you again. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, man. Take All care. Right. We're still going. Yeah, we're still going. Um, just want to do like another half hour, and we'll do the rest of the episode, and we don't have to do anything on Tuesday.
it works for me. I don't think like uh, we we'll we got forty five minutes, so like I was gonna say, we'll, if something like incredibly like ground, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, so that was Mike Schmitz. Ah uh, man, what a life! What a life! I love that his answer was like, how did you do this? It's like, oh, it just uh, came up before the internet. So it's like, all you kids out there, just be there before the next invention that changes the world happens. Yeah, though that was my... It wasn't uh, hard work. Oh, God, no. Uh, <laughs> it was all timing. But I... When Banyama entered... Because I I couldn't remember if it was he or Jonathan Giovanni, the other top analyst, had said that he's the most talented prospect they had ever seen. And like I've been following those guys when they were doing like the draft express when he was talking about like the the terrible instrumentals and the strengths and weaknesses. I was there. So when they say a guy is the most talented or something like that, it's not for clicks. It's not to put that hype on the kid. They're just saying, like you said, he's like, listen, this kid can do everything, literally everything. And sound like he got the right like frame of mind and right people around him. The way I was happy to hear him say the weight thing does. I've for a long time that's just I don't know, just doesn't feel like a thing anymore. Like who's you telling me these seventeen year old people their bodies will change? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I know it's wild. I know it's the wildest thing in the world to think that when somebody is seventeen and I don't know twenty four, their body might look completely different. So. Was happy to hear. That. I was also happy to. I like the, uh, like the motor. Th- there's something to like motor intangibles, but it can't be quantified. Like Anna, like there's there's something to that. The eye test is a thing. <laughs> like, it, like as much as we want to <laughs> so uh, nerds, yeah. As uh, much as we want to write some code and get it out of the game, like there is definitely a it, this guy works harder than everyone else. That my, it's like you can only see from watching that person play basketball. And I, my God, I pray that they never figure out how to, like, put a number on that. Like, we've come up with the hustle stat, heart, umbrellas, stupid tall, legs everywhere. It means who's, like, the hustle stat. And we find out it's like, actually, it was JaVale McGee. (laughs) Second was also JaVale McGee. Like, I don't, I don't, they always got to, like, tweak the numbers early on. So I don't want any hustle stats i was gonna ask him about the kentucky guys but i didn't want him to lie to me i didn't want him to lie to me that's that's probably for the best yeah i i, I know where my bread is buttered um trying to think yeah no i would i would i i just want to like follow him around i just want to what are you fascinating at? life just yeah, like, yeah like that, like, it, when you asked him and he was like, oh, yeah, no, I, I've been following this guy since uh, he was 14 and like French gyms. It's like, oh, yeah. so you're just like traveling the world, just watching basketball in different settings. It's like, oh, just, yeah, he's going to be the king of Afro basketball. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> working the Cairo circuit as he does every August. Yeah, just uh, lead scout, which is also the assistant Ugandan coach, which feels like a plus for them. Like their assistant coach, like he don't even coach basketball. At forty-two, I watched him when he was twelve. No right hand, he can't jump. Who else? A forty-five, force him left. He just sits back down. It's also Ugand- gonna be mighty suspect in like five years, where it's like this Ugandan kid is a uh, in my in Mike Schmitz's top five. <laughs> I thought about that. I didn't want. I was like, give me a name on your team now. That's like not now, but like for, 
down the line, but I don't want to put him in a, a precarious spot. But International, like lower, like lower level basketball is interesting. Like for these teams who don't qualify for FIBAs or don't qualify for uh, the Olympics, because they're like really trying to establish their programs. Right. Like so, my good friend, he's an assistant coach on the Hornets, but he's mm-hmm. also the assistant coach for the Haitian national team. Sure, and it's just like. They're just trying desperately to make like whatever the the tournament is and right. like just figure out the passport situation for their players and like who's qualifying. There's a lot of fascinating stories for this like lower level FIBA teams who are just kind of trying to establish themselves. That's kind of the like I was kind of surprised, but I kind of was like, yeah, no, I got to go shoot over to Cairo for a U16. I'm like the U16 scene in Cairo, Egypt is like I know he does a lot like. He's big enough to where he's not going to like the small time. Like, you know what I'm saying? So if there's a U16 in Cairo and it's big and he's there, like Peach Jam, he was there. I wanted to ask about Bronny, but he, I mean, he's still, I don't know, I think four years away. I think he's like yeah. a freshman. So, but no, I'm, that was all I needed to hear. I'm in on Wimbanyama. Let me go out on a limb and say that I, let me be the first to say, I think the number one pick in the 2023 NBA draft will be good. I just want to get that stamp on it. Let me be me be the first to say before Mike Schmitz that I he's the best prospect I've ever seen. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Um I don't I've thought that for a while. I was like, we're gonna like we're gonna start getting Russell Westbrooks to shoot like Steph Curry. And not so much. I mean, I do still think that like it like it might be Jalen Green, like. With the way people talk about Jalen Green, that might be him. Um, but good look, Giannis's that have Luca's skill set. Oh my lord! I don't think the USA I is going to ever. I can't comprehend that. <laughs> I, I I can't imagine now. Like if you, t- what's scarier? If Luca came back next season with Giannis's body and athleticism, or yeah. Or if Giannis came back with Luca's ball handling, I think Giannis because he's already comfortable in that body and can figure it out. If I think it's Luca for <laughs> six inches, there might be an adjustment period. <laughs> be like, what is going on with these limbs? Well, I said, what's Luca six eight? Like, I feel like Luca's big. He's he a big be. dude, but he's yeah. not like athletic. He can't take two steps from the three point line and dunk yeah. the ball. <laughs> now, listen, if we show up next year and Giannis is like throwing those like behind the. A head pass like on the three point line to where nobody even was but the shooter. I think Silver would just have to shut down the league. <laughs> I think he would just he would just he would just take the ball and cut the lights. Uh the first time Giannis Euro steps from the three point line and gets the and one. It's just it's just gonna be too much. It's just too much. What'd you think of uh the new big three in Los Angeles? I like it. I like it. One, I'm a fan of in general. I, I'm still just get the talent together and figure it out. I'm a fan of that. Two, the people that I see that don't like it are people that I'm fine being on the other side. Like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like the oh, it's terrible spacing. Spa-. Like okay, we get it, we get it. But I do think at a certain point, it's like, what are you? Like, if they put DeMar and DeRozan, it's only – what are they going to do, have negatives? You know what I mean? It's only so much when each guy can still score 20 points. 
So I think we need to see how they build the rest because when they close, 80 will play five. I don't know. I feel like we go through this every year. Yeah, at some point, he's going to have to play center during the regular season. Like, <laughs> like that just feels like the natural progression unless you're running out Marcus Gasol for 35 minutes a game. Well, I, I think that's going to have to be the – I think you're going to have to always start a traditional center next to him. May I don't know if it's just like a, it just makes him feel better. Like I don't know. Um, it's like yeah, no, we're going to start Robin Lopez, uh, and then the first time the whistle blows, uh, Robin Lopez is out. Caruso, you're in. We're going small. But if they yeah, if they just put shooting around those three, I think it works. I think they gave up a lot. My biggest gripe is what they gave up. I thought they were going to do the buddy. I would have did. I would have preferred the Buddy Hill deal, and they still would have had the number twenty-two pick and I think KCP to make another move. So I get you had to put like all that together because Westbrook, like the salary-wise, but that you only have so many like ways to improve your team. The Lakers don't have draft picks. They don't have cap space, and so they have to combine players, and they combined. What KCP, Kuzma, Harrell, and 22 for one player. So it better work. That that's it, the thing, is they get five players under contract right now. So it's just like how do they you they have to re-sign Caruso? They probably have to re-sign Schroeder. Like they just don't have many options in terms of the building out the rest of the roster. They're paying $120 million to three players agreed. next year. Yeah, it's well, they'll have like THT is restricted. Not, I think THT and Caruso, so they can match whatever. I'm mad they can't let those guys go. They'll be able to, like, a Markeith Morris will come back at the end of the bench. They'll get some end of the bench guys, but they're going oh, to And there's going to be players lining up to take that hometown veteran minimum discount. Everyone's the buyout market next year. Everyone's going to be very upset with all the people who go to the Lakers. <laughs> I do like how uh, it wasn't a buyout. It was. We thought it was going to be a buyout. PJ Tucker was this close to getting bought out, right? We remember, like PJ Tucker was looking horrible in Houston and sad. And when they traded for him, they swapped. I think like second to first round picks. And I just think that's so funny that if they didn't do and he got bought out instead, would people be mad? Because PJ Tucker was playing thirty minutes up to the finals. Right? Would, would anybody care? But it was a trade, so nobody really cares. Alas something else i was going to say no oh schroeder the thing schroeder they do have to like even if they sign and trade for him or something for him but he just doesn't have to play ball that's where that's where they're boned with him he doesn't have to play ball. if he just finds another offer it's like no i'm not signing you don't get shit you get you get (laughs) dick um because last year they traded the 28th pick which was Jaden mcdaniels and danny green to get schroeder this year, they're about to trade Harold and Kuzma for Buddy Heald. At least Buddy Heald, one, has an elite skill. He is an elite, whatever you feel about, he is an elite, elite shooter. And he has, I think, three more years on his contract. That's the part. Schroeder couldn't shoot, and he was an expiring. That's why I was like, I don't get that part. Buddy Heald made a lot of sense. You put a number one defense or a coach that can put together a number one defense around Buddy Heald, you got a solid player, but... I don't know. They, they, they'll have to get shooting, but luckily they're the only team in the league that needs shooting. Yeah, so, not a yeah. not a skill many other teams are looking yeah, for. So they, they, yeah, so they – yeah. It's also cheap, right? So you can, you can just find shooting on the scrap heap. So 
I imagine that they'll be be fine there. For Washington, though, I like I, I like I, I still like what they're doing. Like they turned it into some. St- I don't hate Casey. Like I would keep KCP. I just he's just a solid player. He's proven that. Harold, I'd move. I'd be looking. I'd be fine to move him. Um, I think Kuzma could. If Kuzma just goes, just no expectations now, right? He's still in a major city. He can. He can get his fits off. He can no, he has, to, he has to just deal. show up in some khakis and some gap button downs. And yeah, if he's just, us showing up in ridiculous outfits, he'll the basketball game will just go through the roof. Because he shows up in that, and then you're like, man, this guy's a baller. This guy can really hoop. He's, he's well, is he a baller or is he a hoop? Um, oh, well, he's definitely not a hooper. No, I'm, I'm not sure he's a baller either. But is he a shot caller, though? It, no, heavens no. <laughs> I'm trying, what, else, what other? I feel like there were like a lot of trades. But like not a lot of there were like, random ones like Derek Favors got traded just so the Jazz can like get cap room and of course the Thunder get another pick. There's just like smaller trades like that. Yeah, I don't. There's can we can we see uh, like do we have like draft night transactions or because there's some I feel like I'm miss. I really can't believe I didn't know who New Orleans or uh, excuse me Memphis was gonna get at ten. And I was like, that's what they traded all that for. Yeah, you took on Eric. You took on Eric Bledsoe and Stephen Adams for a guy like legitimately. I don't think I had seen Zaire Williams that high. Now, of course, we never know, but my I'd never seen. I feel like they could have got him at seventeen with ease. But so I can't share the screen thing because I moved and don't have a second screen. But the other trades are uh, Rubio to the Cavs for Hmm. Torian Prince and a pick. I don't really know how that changes anything, but it I happens. don't think it does. Sure, was it a first round pick? Just a future pick. Uh, so probably not. Uh, oh, sure. That, that's definitely a deal that happened. Yes, uh, the Charlotte Hornets picked up a Plumley, and to like you replace a Zeller with a Plumley, I think that's just natural. Just a white brother. Uh, what was that? They traded like they swapped picks or something and got Plumley. Uh, yeah, the Hornets moved up to thirty seven. Uh, and got and took on Plumlee. And took on Plumlee, which is kind of like a a, yeah, a decent thing. Like if you wait for Kai Jones to like become a start, but that I, I don't hate. That just feels like a like they knew they needed an upgrade at center. They wouldn't be able to get this trick. Like you know, this was the they had to do it right now. They had to do it right. We need some Mason Plumley right now. I feel like Biggs is like the one. It's like, okay, sign Nerlens No, like you know what I'm saying. If you're looking for somebody to just play 20 minutes, but Plumley did have a good. To his credit, had a good year last year. He'll be fine. He can like play until uh, Jones gets up to speed. But it just felt like a the same with the New Orleans Memphis. It just felt like it did this. They couldn't have did this on draft night, or they they needed to do this now. But Hawks had a good draft, and that's it. Really, the Haw- they're really just the Hawks. Hawks and Celtics. I mean, is it on everyone's yeah. list? <laughs> the no, the Hawks legit got two. I thought top. I saw Dalen Johnson in the top six. I'd seen Sharif Cooper in the top twenty, and they got both in the first and second round. So even if they just if both those guys stink, it's like hey, everybody would have took them there. So you don't hate that. I'm. I don't know. 
I'm just, I did, I, the Pelicans cleared out all this space. To go after I, Kyle Lowry? I don't, and I, I don't think he goes there. And I, th- I don't, and I think the Mavericks did the same thing with the Richardson deal to try to mm-hmm. go after Kyle Lowry, and it's just like, I just think he's going to go to Miami or, or stay in Toronto. Like, or do you want to go to New Orleans? Does anyone want to go play for the Pelicans? That's Have they ever whole, signed a free agent? <laughs> that's my whole. People are like, no, listen, they're going to offer him three ninety. It's like I get it. Like, what do you think the other teams are going to like? <laughs> oh, Kyle, if you'll take minimum wage, you can come to Dallas. It's like Dallas is going to offer him something close and a chance to like somewhat compete like you're at least going to a playoff team and i don't know if kyle Lowry's like 36 is a three-year is that the that's the best way to build around zion that's the best way to utilize zion's last two cheap years okay okay so we will see there the other thing that's interesting is like the knicks traded what 21 to clear some cap room like knicks have a crazy amount of cap space this summer and they created some more i'm stealing this take from zach lowe's podcast but he's sure. like keep your eyes out for the knicks but i don't know what they're like what are they trying to do this offseason we've talked yeah, about at, at length about who the the lack of great free agents are they just going to throw a big number at lonzo are they going to chris what money did they get off Who's, they just didn't take the pick for the 21st so uh, they like don't have to a pay extra money yeah I yeah got you. so they so want they every have, dollar hmm. are they gonna pay demar Derozan 50 million dollars over the next two seasons i sure hope so i mean i i did see like the Derozan maybe takes the minimum to go to la which i don't Minimum, I don't know about that. Like that should be illegal. If Chris Paul was shit as a player union rep, like that would be they would do the A-Rod thing. It's like you are not allowed to take yeah, this no. deal. No, they would do the Chris Paul would do the Chris Paul thing. I'm banning this trade the way my own trade <laughs> trade was banned several years ago. So I I did Washington, that's the one I was thinking of. Washington got the number 22 pick in that trade and then traded it for Aaron Holiday. I didn't like that as much. I don't like that. Like it's Aaron Holiday. I think he's going into year three. I think so. You got him for two more years, cheap. Didn't have a great year last, so I do think there's some bounce back. But I had to get like the twenty-two pick. He was like the Pacers' third point guard last year, and I gave up the twenty. Like you know what I'm saying? The twenty-two pick. I I don't know about that one. Like I I get you don't want to if you don't want to draft three four rookies or whatever. But if you're trading it, I just I don't is know. It, I is like it I just like why we just need to get Russ is gone? We need a guy who has played point guard in the NBA on our roster now. Yeah, but it's, it's first round pick for Aaron. Like I don't know. Like part of the first, if you hit the, on the first round pick is twenty two. Part of it is you get him cheap for four years. Aaron Holiday's already played two years. He could, he's eligible for extension after this year, and you give the first. I don't know. I don't know. I just. It is kind of crazy to think about the value of a first round pick. Like the Celtics needed to give up a first round pick just to get off uh, Kemba's salary. You're saying that like, and that was the 16. So like they could have just given up a player of Aaron Holiday's quality to like do the same exact thing. That's my whole like, huh? Okay. Because last year. We have Peyton Pritchard. Like we could have. We could (laughs) have. Last year. The Clippers traded uh, their first round, the first round pick that became Emmanuel quickly for uh, Marcus, uh, Marcus Morris, excuse me, Clippers one. And like 
they signed him or traded for him on a one-year deal and re-signed him, which is like, okay, that pick was a little bit lower. The Clippers are trying to win now, right? So, yeah, Marcus Morris right now provides more value than that 25th pick. What are the Wizards, you know, like what, are, what? what's the rush here? They got Russ's money out, like, I don't know. I feel like they could easily get a, I think Ish Smith has played like 10 straight years for the Wizards. Like, I don't know, 22 just feels high. But maybe Aaron Holiday is better than Drew. Some are <laughs> saying that. Um, Wizards GM Tommy Shepard is saying that. And only him. But he did say it. So I think that's it for our draft review. Is there any? Uh, I will uh, say free agency. I was going to ask Mike it. Schmitz about what's it like doing television next to uh, Perk, uh, but I thought mm-hmm. I didn't want to uh, put him in a bad spot. Moody Mosier. Moody. Uh, that, that was a tough one. Evan Mobley is the next Bill Russell. Did he say that? Yes. He, the thing is that national TV audience got introduced to Kendrick Perkins on television, but he does pre and post for every Celtics game. And uh, he still he, does it? Yeah, but he doesn't do it. He's like not from Boston. He like does it from a weird uh, room in his house in Texas. And let me tell you, he has a long history of saying um, uninformed, ridiculous shit. And that doesn't sound like Kendrick Perkins. It's so. – uh, Starts out entertaining, and then uh, the more and more it happens, it gets, uh, I would say, frustrating. But it's kind of ridiculous to put him in that spot. Like, do you think Kendrick Perkins knows all 60 people who are going to be drafted this? Like, he's been watching That's tape exactly. on this guy. Like, he's going to Cairo to, like, look at the people in gyms. It's like, no. Yeah, Mike Smith was like, it was me and Perkins on the flight. Uh, <laughs> it was just us two at the South America or at the Brazil under sevens. Uh I missed this game because I had food poisoning, but thank God Perk had took copious <laughs> notes <laughs> on the U15 game. He was watching yeah. two games at one time. He was uh... <laughs> The funny is he, he can't remember any of the players' names, but his just scouting notes are just impeccable. It's like, wow, that's a really it's a really astute observation, Perk. Yeah, wow. Huh, he can't go left with the right, but he can go right with the left. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. Okay, I hadn't, con- hadn't considered that, Kendrick. Um his SAT score was what? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> uh, now, that's the Spencer Dinwiddie um, test, the ACT shit. But the free agency, you still have a chance, ladies and gentlemen. You still have a chance. Started last week. If you, we'll, we'll post the link with it. If you pick where, I think it's 10 free agents or Hot commodities like that, like Ben Simmons is there, Dame Lillard is there, not free agents, of course, but they're on the the hot stove. You pick those correctly. First place, you're getting a 75 inch television. That's Nick Rudman's word, not mine. Second place, five hundred dollars underdog credit. That's my word, not Nick's. Third place, you're getting a T-shirt. That's Jam's word. It's a quality okay. T-shirt, very comfortable. It's a great T-shirt. Do I have I gotten a T-shirt? No, but I and I've heard about its quality. I I, I read about it. Uh, t-shirt I, monthly. <laughs> again, all you have to do, it's the same thing that we do. Any like, just predict where people are going. It's really that. It's a Google dot. You could pick any team if you want to say they're all going to the Atlanta Hawks. You could do that, but make sure you get your uh, picks. It is August the thirteenth. 
13th. 13th. Okay. Want to make sure that is the deadline, August the 13th. Get your picks in there. Sign up. Underdog Fantasy promo code TRILL, T-R-I-L-L. Get your free agency picks in. I have got mine in. I do not feel good about them, but they are in. They are in. So check that out. We will. I got to start like this. It's in a tough spot, man. I need to get these Olympic odds up and running, man, because I've been trying to do baseball and it's just like, I don't know. I don't know who these guys are. This is this is an Otani. I don't know who this is. I went to a baseball game for the first time in a while on Thursday, actually draft night. So I was just following along on my phone. And then baseball is uh, boring. It is uh, four hours. It didn't help it's that uh, the Blue Jays beat the Red Sox 13 to nothing. So it wasn't like oh, a lot yeah. to report. But I saw Vlad Guerrero Jr. absolutely hit a ball farther than I've ever seen. So that was pretty cool. Oh, that's a win. But, yeah. Uh, I forgot that it takes a, a long time to get through a full baseball game. Listen, it's. I mean, did you stay all nine innings? Went left after eight, which feels like I should have stayed for all nine. But like, I was gonna say, if you if you go eight, my it felt bad leaving. My brother's the type like a baseball purist, like the type of guy who shows up to the game with his own scorebook and like will score it, (laughs) listen to it on the radio because he didn't like. Oh yeah, well you got to hear the call because they have a different angle. Like he'll show up and like he'll go to games alone, standing room only, and just do that. So like I. And I grew up going to games with him, and we never left early, no matter what. And so I felt a little bit bad leaving early, but it's just like, I don't know if the Red Sox going to make this 14-run comeback in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, listen, man, I, it's been games. I remember I got to a Braves game late. I was getting there in the second inning, and it was the Cardinals. Car- I want to say Cardinals. I feel like they put like six or seven on him in like the third. One of those like, all right. Cloud started forming, man. I think I was like, this wasn't even worth the drive. Real, I think I got there at the second and left like the six. I didn't stay for the seventh inning stretch. I was there all of like four innings. It did rain, so beat that. But now baseball, what the uh, five innings, huh? What do, do we need? Not what? What the? Uh, who we what are you trying to prove? Yeah, you know what I'm saying who, who, who we showing off here for? So uh we'll fix baseball again next well, episode speaking of baseball we were oh. last time we talked baseball we were just coming up with a robot to uh pitch mm. for the home run derby did you see the three-point shooting robot that they had at the olympics in tokyo because it was terrifying it's seven feet tall the I, the, wor- the craziest part wasn't making the shots like sure i could build a robot that can hit a three but sure. i couldn't build a robot that can hit a three and then do like a cool slide michael jackson dance move back to half court and then hit a half court shot was terrifying well it was, yeah it was free throw then he went back to the three then he went back to half court the only thing i wanted to see is can he play defense one can he move his feet in the pick and roll um two how it works outdoors i just i'm just curious see how it can works he outdoors. calibrate for wind and things yeah like, that. like all that stuff uh and three does he have to be dead on like is he what's his corner three is what i really want to know like because if he's shooting zero from corner three he's a spacing liability i don't care what he can do from straight on you know what i mean can he move off the dribble i mean he's basically if you just watch him shoot the three it's like when you when brooke lopez get to kick out just kind of like that (laughs) pause it's like nobody's gonna block it so i'm really gonna and just let it go and it swish nothing but net but i'm sure that robot costs 
several millions of dollars. And I think the good thing is, is that. Never mind. I was gonna say the good thing is that everybody in the world is fed and clothed, and all. we don't have any. But it's neither here nor there. The robot was pretty sick. It was a sick robot. It was pretty cool. It was the best part of the Olympics so far, <laughs> by far, by far. <laughs> so until next time, for myself, for Super Producer Jam, for NBA Draft Analyst, Ugandan Assistant Head Coach. Number one, Victor Winbanyama fan, Mike Schmitz, signing off for our 1,000th episode. So congrats to us. Congrats to everybody. We'll see you next time.